اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم یا داود انا جعلناک خلیفتا فی الارض فحکم بین الناس بالحق ولا تتبع الہوا فیضلک عن سبیل اللہ ان الذین یضلون عن سبیل اللہ لہم عذاب شدید بما نسو یوم الحساب صدق اللہ العظیم continuing the discussion in terms of disputes some guidelines for us disputes are obviously something that two parties are involved in at least two parties would be involved in a dispute the person is disputing with himself that would be a very very strange situation so there would be at least two parties involved in it and sometimes more than two the issue is that what can we be doing to ensure that we are not the reason for a dispute or at least we are not on the wrong side of the dispute the wrong side of the dispute in the sense that we are the wrong party now what somebody else might do is not in our control but what we do is in our control that is allah taala has given us that choice to choose what is right so this is the angle from which we have to consider these aspects one aspect is the fear of allah taala obviously a person who is devoid of the fear of allah taala it would not matter what he does how he does it whose wealth he takes what he usurps all these things will be of no consequence to him no concern to him so this is the first aspect to always be checking that how will i fare in terms of this matter on the day of qiyamah when this issue comes up on the day of qiyamah would i be the party that is on the right side of it or would i be taken to task for it because i am the one who is the oppressor here so imam abu yusuf rahmatullah alayhi one of the most special students of imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi it was through him and through imam muhammad rahmatullah alayhi that the ilm and the knowledge of imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi was codified and then they became the means of this then being spread far and wide so he was in the time of harun rashid the king was harun rashid at that time who was a pious king and he had been appointed as the qaziul quzad the chief justice of the time this was a position which did not exist before that time he was the first person to ever being be appointed on such a position of qaziul quzad and chief justice so now this was his position and he's been appointed by harun rashid once it happened that a christian laid a claim against harun rashid he is a citizen of the country but he is a christian and he laid a claim against harun rashid who is the king of the time and this case came up to hazrat imam abu yusuf rahmatullah alayhi so any case this issue came up and he conducted the case in the procedure that it should be conducted he did not give any kind of 
preferential treatment to Harun Rashid, who is the king of the time, who is a pious king, is a Muslim, pious Muslim, who is the king, and he appointed this judge in his place, he appointed Imam Abu Yusuf as the judge, as the chief justice, but didn't give him any preferential treatment, he heard the whole case out, whatever the procedures were, were followed, and after having followed all the procedures, he found in the favor of that Christian claimant, and passed judgment in his favor. In any case, this came and went, and this was settled. <coughs> Towards the last part of his life, the last moments of his life almost, he was seeming very, very anxious, very agitated, agitated rather anxious, fearful. Somebody asked him, what happened, what's the matter, why are you so anxious, what is the thing that is worrying you so much? So he replied and said, that case that came up to me once, where this Christian made a claim against Harun Rashid, and that is the case that's worrying me. He says, but that case came up, you followed all the procedures correctly, you were completely just, and on top of that, because that Christian, though he was, whatever he was, but in that particular issue, he was, his claim was valid. So you found that his claim was valid, you passed judgment in his favor also. That case went against Harun Rashid. So this was something that was really unique and it amazed everybody that you did not get uh, affected in any way that one side is Harun Rashid, the other side is a Christian citizen of the country that didn't affect your justice in any way. Why are you anxious about it now? So he says, yes indeed. And when this case came up, Harun Rashid was made to stand in the same manner that any other person would be made to stand who has been brought to court. He wasn't given any kind of preferential treatment whatsoever. So now all this was being brought to his attention that you did all this correctly. Why are you so afraid now? What is the reason for this? He says, yes indeed, alhamdulillah, all that was done accordingly, according to the procedures. But, when this case came to me, on the one side was Harun Rashid, Muslim, pious Muslim. On the other side was this Christian. There might have been some misunderstanding, where, whatever the case is, but in any case, this claim that was made against him, was being made by a Christian against him. So in my heart, this thought came, that I hope Harun Rashid is right, so that I don't have to pass judgment against him. Though when I then investigated the matter and heard the case, I found no, he is not correct in this matter. So I passed judgment against him. But now I am concerned and worried that why did I even entertain the thought that I hope he's right, that too was not something that I should have entertained. Now, he didn't go one bit out of line in terms of his action, in terms of his decision, in terms of passing judgment. But that little inclination of the heart to one side, hoping that this party be correct, he is feeling so anxious over this, that if Allah Ta'ala asks me on the day of Qiyamah, that why did you incline within your heart towards one side? Though when he saw the matter, he did not then act according to that inclination. This was the level of justice and the level of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. 
the level of justice also and the level of the fear of Allah Ta'ala also. Now when a person has this level of justice, with this level of fear of Allah Ta'ala, then, now this was a case that he had to hear, but he would be far away from making a claim that way he has even an iota of doubt about his being correct in this matter or not. If he is unsure about himself, even to a slight extent, he rather stay far away from the situation than make a claim that is not valid. So the guiding line in this is the fear of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that a person has the fear of Allah Ta'ala, then all these other aspects will also be in place. Justice and adal is linked to the fear of Allah Ta'ala. He will be as just as he has the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Fear of Allah Ta'ala is not there then to bend the rules and to do something that is unjust would become a very easy thing for him. It won't bother him. But if the fear of Allah Ta'ala is there, then it would not allow him to waver from the path of justice. Once in India, there was a piece of land and this piece of land, the Muslims had laid claim to this land that this land belongs to a masjid. It was lying vacant for a long time and uh, suddenly now this one dispute came up in Kandla that this piece of land belongs to the Muslims. It was always owning, owned by the Muslims and it was earmarked for a masjid. So this land is ours. On the other side, the Hindus claim that no, this land belonged to the Hindus and this was a land of a temple. Now this was during the time of the English rule in India. So, people tried to sort this problem out, but nothing worked out. Eventually, this case came to court. When this case, case came to court, now this was an English judge that was presiding over the case. So he heard the claims from both sides and then he deliberated over this and he realized that this can become a very sensitive issue. And sometimes because of ignorance, people on either side are not concerned about what is right and what is wrong. The sentiments which are sometimes misplaced, that what is also asabiyat sometimes. Asabiyat, where a person is not concerned about what is right and wrong, he will fight for something because this claim has been made by somebody who is my family. Because this person is my relative, so come what may, I will stand by him even if he is wrong. This person belongs to my community. So regardless of whether he is right or wrong, he belongs to my community, I must support him. This person belongs to somebody who is of my uh, nationality, or whatever the case is. Now, all these bases are asabiyat. The only basis for support is haq. Who is on the truth will be supported. The Quran Sharif says, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا if you have a problem with somebody, you have some enmity for someone also, don't allow that enmity to waver you from the path of justice. That must never be allowed to come in the way of justice. 
Be just, this is closer to the fear of Allah Ta'ala. In other words, this is something that the fear of Allah Ta'ala will inspire, so you should be just, and this will be a sign that this is something that emanating from the fear of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, now this judge was very concerned that this judgment is going to go one of the two ways, and whichever way it goes, it's just a chance that the other party is not going to be concerned about what is right and wrong here. And this might turn out to become a means of some kind of civil war, whatever the case is, riots and so on. So he tried to see now how to try and dissolve or resolve the situation in a way that prevents any kind of problem arising. So he called up both parties, called the important people of both parties and he said, look, is there anybody who all of you would agree on that if he says that this belongs to this community or that community, everybody will accept? So the Muslims, they, the, the, the Hindus, the Hindus immediately took the name of a Muslim person. That this particular person if he says that this belongs to us, it's fine. If he says it belongs to the Muslims, we'll accept it too. Hazrat Maulana, uh, name slips of mind now. Ilahi Bakhsh Kandilvi Rahmatullahi. He was quite elderly by that time. He was very old. Ilahi Bakhsh Kandilvi Rahmatullahi. They took his name that he is number one a very old person so he's been here for long before most of us he knows what went on and besides that we are 100% confident that he will only say that which is the truth they took his name the Muslims also happily agreed now this is in many people's mind at that time this is a battle between a masjid and a temple now they made it as a battle between a masjid and a temple Whereas the issue is, it's a matter between haq and batil. Wherever the haq is, that will, must prevail. And wherever the batil is, that must be denounced. It doesn't matter on which side it is. But this was misconstrued to become an issue of between the masjid and temple. So now in any case, he said, okay, fine, bring him along. Judge said, bring him along. And let's ask him and let's take it from there. So they came to him. And they said to him that you have been asked to come to court and the judge is going to pass judgment based on what you say. He was somebody who was very, very firm in his way. He said, I had, because the English were, had oppressed to a great degree in taking over the land and so on. So he said, because of the zulm that the English government has committed, I have taken a Oath, I will never look into the face of an Englishman, meaning those who have been occupying India. So they brought this news back to the judge that he refuses to come. He says he has taken this pledge, he will never look at the face of an Englishman. The judge said, Very well, bring him, he can face the other way around and give testimony. He doesn't have to look at me. So they came back to him, they said, Please, you have to come. The judge has even agreed, you can look in the opposite direction, you don't have to look at him. So eventually he came. When he came, now the Muslims were in very high spirits that this cannot be possible 
that this will go any other way. How, because this land is going to become a land of the masjid, how can somebody give it away to a temple? So this was something that was in their mind, and they were in very high spirits, and now this case came to, this, Eli Bakshah came to court, the judge asked him, that what do you know about this land? So without any hesitation, he said, I am well aware that there was a temple existing on this land, which then over time got, had become very, very barren and old and whatever, and had collapsed, and then this land just became vacant, but I am confident and I know very well that this land belongs to the Hindus. Now the judge heard this, everybody heard it, the Muslims were shocked, what is wrong? He is given away, he is so to say deprived the Muslims of a land for the masjids, and he's given it away for a, for a temple to be constructed. But nobody could say anything, because all had agreed that whatever he says, that will be the basis for the judgment. So the judge passed the ruling. In that judgment that he made, he made one comment also. The judgment that he made, the judge, when he makes a judgment, then that judgment is a detailed judgment, whatever was the detail of the case will be all recorded there. So in that judgment he made one comment as well. In that comment he made, the comment he made was that today the Muslims have lost this case but Islam has won. The Muslims have lost but Islam has won. And this was that this was the justice of a true Muslim. And subsequent to that Subsequent to that, many of those Hindus were so taken aback by what transpired and the justice and the honesty of this person and that what he said was due to the fear of Allah Ta'ala. They, many of them, this became a means of their coming to Islam. And they then said, because they were in control of this land, now we are going to build a masjid on this land. But where this came from, from a sense of justice, which stemmed out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is the aspect to keep checking within ourselves when in any situation, when confronted with any issue. It's not that what is my benefit if this comes my way, or what is my loss if this goes some other way. The issue is, am I entitled to it? Is it permissible for me? If I am not entitled to it, then this is something I should not touch. If it's a matter of inheritance, it's a matter of some other business matter, it might be some family issue, it might be anything. It might be a monetary issue, it might be some other type of matter. The issue to consider first is not what benefit comes to me if I win this, or what I will lose if this doesn't go my way. Am I entitled to this or not? in terms of shariat and deen, not in terms of my imagination, in terms of what I think, what is the law of shariat in this regard. And a person who has his gaze on the akhirat, it will be very easy for him not to get trapped in the temptations of dunya. And a person who is engrossed in the love of dunya, then to earn the akhirat will be a distant thing for him. Then to cling on to the dunya will be very, very very much the case, 
And he will not be able to let go that for the sake of the akhirat. Let alone if he is right. If he is right, then he is entitled to it very well. But in order to overcome a dispute and maintain the peace as we discussed yesterday, it will still be very difficult for him to take his gaze towards that palace of Jannat. مَنْ تَرَكَ الْأَنَا زَعِيمٌ بِبَيْتٍ فِي رَبَدِ الْجَنَّةِ لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءَ وَهُوَ مُحِقٌ The hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the other riwayat where it comes بَنَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بَيْتًا فِي وَسَطِ الْجَنَّةِ Allah Ta'ala will build a palace for the person in the middle of Jannah in the prime part of Jannah for the one who gives up a dispute despite being correct This person is entitled well and good nobody can deny him that rights but from his perspective, if it is something that is not beyond him, then too, it will be still difficult to focus towards this palace of Jannat, whereas he is seeing that this is now becoming such a major problem, it's destroying the peace of everybody around. So, let it be for the sake of the peace, that will be very difficult. Not that he is wrong in his stance, stand, he is entitled to that. But there are those who have a greater vision. There are those who stand up above the crowd. There are those who they go beyond the limits of rights to see what is the right thing to do or the better thing to do. What is the right thing to do is fine. What is the better thing to do? So one is that even though the person is right but it will be difficult to focus on the palace of Jannah. But nevertheless Alhamdulillah he is right. He is not doing something haram. So that in itself is Fine. But if this love of dunya has trapped the person, he's engrossed in this love of dunya, he won't be able to leave it, he'll be still clinging on it, even if it is not his entitlement. If he has now latched onto it in a haram way, but the love of dunya will prevent him from leaving it. So the first thing is the fear of Allah Ta'ala, and to the extent of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, this will bring in his heart the sense of justice, that if I am going to be unjust, then this injustice will count heavily against me on the day of Qiyamah. Az-zulmu zulumatun yawm al-qiyamah. Injustice is a darkness on the day of Qiyamah. Not one darkness, darknesses. What does this mean? person has to cross this pulsirat. And he will be engulfed in darkness then. Now when he is engulfed in darkness, how is he going to cross? It's obvious where he will fall. So, this is the aspect of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz, his sense of justice, which was emanating from that khawf of Allah Ta'ala, that fear of Allah Ta'ala. He said to somebody, that you see me just slightly inclining from the truth, from the haq. If you see me very, very, on a minute extent also, that I am inclining away from the haq. Now he is the Amirul Mu'mineen of the time. And he's telling one of the people that are close to him that you dare see me moving slightly from the haq, come and hold my collar, shake me and ask me, Umar, what are you doing? And this was not just words. He lived that Khilafat of his brought back the memories of the Khilafat Rashida. And historians have declared him to be the fifth of the Khulafai Rashidin. That it is mentioned and recorded in the books of history that in the time of his Khilafat, there were many instances. One person who narrates the incident, he says that I 
was passing somewhere and I passed by in the desert, I passed by a shepherd and from the distance I'm seeing that this person has got so many dogs also alongside these sheep. He had never seen wolves in his life before. So he thought this was some kind of dog. But now such a big number of dogs, 25-30 dogs alongside this herd of sheep, what does a person do with so many dogs? So he found this very strange and he came and asked the shepherd, what are you doing with all these dogs? The person said, they are not dogs, these are wolves. He had never seen wolves before. He knew what wolves are, but he never seen it. So he said, wolves? Wolves are walking alongside the sheep and not harming them? This is never heard of before. He said, yes. Ever since Umar bin Abdul Aziz has been the Khalifa, the effect of his justice has even rubbed off onto the animals in the sense that any animal is not being, is not harming the next animal also. And there was a second incident recorded at some other stage, besides many others in between, that one day, some people were walking past and suddenly out of the blue, they saw one wolf attack a sheep. And they were surprised. Or the one person was surprised. And he said, I think that the pious servant of Allah Ta'ala has passed away. He said it in these words, that that the pious servant of Allah Ta'ala has passed away. He referred to Umar bin Abdul Aziz. The person who heard this comment, now this was somewhere far off, so therefore the news wouldn't be received immediately, sometimes takes days for the news to reach, but he took note of the day and time that this happened. And later on, when it was confirmed, yes, Umar bin Abdul Aziz passed away, he realized that, that he had passed away just the night before this incident took, took place. This was the effect of his justice. What lesson comes in this? Outwardly it seems, and Umar bin Abdul Aziz came at a time when prior to him, there were many other uh, khulafa that had come from the Banu Umayyah, who had committed a lot of injustice. And they had usurped a lot of land. They had done a lot of things, taken away people's things. Now all this way in the hands of the family of Umar bin Abdul Aziz. Because he came from the same family. Somebody in whose hands it was, was his uncle. Somebody was his cousin. Somebody was some other family member. And now when he became the Khalifa and the Amir al-Mu'mineen, people came and started claiming it. That this was mine. Or this was my father's. This was wrongly taken from us. This was usurped from us. And he began listening to each of these cases and investigating. And whatever was proved, he started returning it back to the rightful owners. Now imagine he's now trampling the toes of all his near and dear ones. They finally brought his aunt, who was very close to him, and who was a very senior person in the family, that please talk to him, that he's now wanting to just destroy the whole family. Destroy the family meaning that he's taking away all these things. But all these things were usurped. Family came and she, his aunt came and she tried to well, just present whatever had been told to her. He was sitting at that time around a fire or something, or close to a fire, and he threw one more log or something of that nature inside, and he asked, do you want me also to suffer the fate in the day, on the day of Qiyamah as this log is burning? And he didn't give any attention, pay any attention to all these things that people had now become very perturbed about, that why is he now taking back all these things? Now these were those who were nearest and dearest to him. But his sense of justice didn't allow this to remain as it was. 
And this was the effect of his justice, that the barakat came on the land to this extent, that even an animal which is known to devour a sheep is walking alongside that sheep. So the barakat that will come is something beyond our understanding and imagination. It won't always come in the way that you can add 1 plus 1 equals to 2, but it will come in a hidden way where that 1 plus 1 will add up to 1 million and 1. Not necessarily always in monetary terms, but in so many different ways where a person cannot even imagine. Allah Ta'ala give us the way. Subhanallah.